Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I throw out my prayers, they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. As a child, our basement had really nothing down there. It was just storage. I always remember there was a painting hanging on the wall. It was like it was left over from some previous owner because it just didn't fit with anything else we had. I remember this painting because it was the face of a young woman, and it was one of those creepy paintings that looked like the eyes were following you. I was reminded of this painting last winter, I had been sort of seeing Lucy for a few weeks. She was an artist. We were at her place and we were looking through some of her work. Flipping through the pages, I stopped when I came across one that was this painting of a woman's face. It was colored yellow except for drops of blood dripping down her cheek like a tear. It wasn't the same painting as the one from my childhood home, but it had the same creepy eyes. Lucy noticed my reaction and said, well, if you want it, you can have it. I met Lucy on the internet. You never knew what would happen with her. On our first day, we were driving at night in a snowstorm by Casaloma, and she insisted we climb the gates. Every time we went out to eat, she always stole something. Ketchup bottles, cutlery, pint glasses... I had about five different types of hot sauce in my fridge. These were definitely some red flags, but there was something exciting about her. I had a frame that fit the painting and hung it in the hallway by my front door. Although the eyes kind of freaked me out, they also kind of reminded me of my childhood. Since meeting Lucy, I started noticing that little things were different around my apartment. The towels on the towel rack in the washroom were switched around. A cabinet door was slightly ajar. I work as a freelancer in the television industry, and the past few weeks were stressful. I had a bunch of projects all at once and was working long hours, and there was a lot of pressure. But I refused to believe that this was the reason for these little things happening. I went to leave for the day and walked past the painting with its eyes. The front door was unlocked. I never forget to lock the door. These little things kept happening over the next couple of weeks. One of the blinds left open, the computer on when I'm sure I turned it off the night before. So Lucy and I were going out for dinner one night. After work, I stopped and bought two bottles of wine, one red, one white. Before heading out to dinner, we opened the red, had a few glasses. We were going to one of those fancy restaurants in a back alley with no sign. Lost, we cut through a parking lot. A parking lot attendant was backing a car into a space, and he was just taking far too long. Frustrated, I started shouting at him. He started shouting back, gave me the finger. I almost got into a fight. Lucy pulled me away, and we finally found the restaurant. We went inside, and she quickly went to the washroom. She came back, sat down, looked around, and said, Where's your friend? Your friend, the one that was walking along with us and came in to the restaurant. There was no one with us. 
we came in on our own. She just shrugged and picked up the menu. In the middle of the meal, Lucy got up again from the table and this time returned with a man. He was introduced as Lucy's friend. He sat down with us. She ordered him a drink. He spooned some of our Spanish tapas onto his plate. It was explained to me that she invited him to join us, and she had told me this earlier in the day. This is something I would have remembered. I looked across the table at this guy, this friend, who had his hand on Lucy's thigh, and I thought, I've really got to make some changes in my life. Obviously, I was uncomfortable, so they ended up leaving together and leaving me the bill. When I got home, all I wanted was to open that bottle of white wine and have a glass or maybe three. I looked everywhere for that bottle, but it had disappeared. I guess I wasn't ready to make that change yet. A few days later, Lucy was back and staying over. I couldn't sleep, finally drifted into that space between being half awake and half asleep. I felt Lucy get out of bed. I assumed to go to the washroom or get a glass of water. She didn't return for a while. I heard the sound of floorboards, like someone was walking around in the next room. I opened my eyes, rolled over to face the doorway, and I saw Lucy in the hallway. She was naked except for a blanket covering her chest. She stared at me. She stared for a very long time. Suddenly, she dropped the blanket, rushed at me, slapped me on the side of the head, and ran back out of the room. I didn't move for the rest of the night. I found Lucy on the couch the next morning. She didn't remember anything about the previous night. Maybe it was time to make an actual change. We took some time away from each other, but I did try and contact her a few weeks later. Her phone was disconnected. Her Facebook profile was gone, and my emails to her bounced back. She had completely disappeared. The only thing that remains of her is that painting she gave me. Go ahead. <laughs> my name is Brianne. My name is Stefan. My name is Paul. There you go. That was totally natural. <laughs> of course. And today, uh, we just heard a story that Paul told. Mm, Paul told. I yes, I told the story several different uh, in several different places and events. You notice how I just skipped over that. Uh, I just had an epiphany. Yeah, the Paul told pun. Can we just go back to that for half a second? Yeah, he told it uh, uh, four times. Paul told. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I just figured that out right now. That's great. I thought, Stefan, weren't you going to take a back seat to this? I'll take a back seat, except for Paul puns. Paul puns, I will jump in at any moment. So, they could happen at any time. Uh, right. Okay. What, uh, what are we talking about today, Brianne? Well, we just heard that story from you that you told at, like, four different events, I believe, because we're going to talk about the cost of events and charging for events and money in general scary fact uh yes and just to uh to give you a little brief overview why we did pick the story because 
oh, I exhausted this story. I was, I am tired of, of uh, telling it. Um, but it's because I told it uh, uh, different kinds of events. One, like say I told it at our event, and um, but then other events in the city, whether it is um, ones that, you know, we're talking about money. So some, I told the story and did get paid in, in some events and didn't get paid in, in other events. So and just, some, uh, were they all free events or did some of them charge? Uh, they were, again, either pay what you can kind of thing or free or paid. Like you got to buy a ticket. Like ticketed. Okay. So it's a murky subject because as anyone that's kind of dived into the storytelling scene knows, there isn't really a common practice. So we thought we would try to break it down a little bit to just kind of talk about like what are the factors here how are these decisions possibly made obviously we can't actually speak on behalf of anyone else but it's murky and people wonder about it so we're gonna try to shed some light we'll see Mm -hmm. um so the first thing which you kind of just uh explained briefly a little bit is just how much do you charge if you're throwing an event like what are your options even and uh well, in uh, in I, one of the things that we were talking about off mic is that it and uh, we'll, we can maybe get into this later is just the the kind of event it is and where it is, mm-hmm. and it's really dependent on on these things. So, well, so the different ways that this even works is that an event can be free to attend or it can be ticketed, which is where there would just be a flat rate for everybody or most people that is either at the door or online. Sometimes there are two different prices for that, mm-hmm. but like a fixed rate ticket and then there's also donation based or pay what you can which is where it's optional sometimes they'll pass around a bucket or something sometimes the bucket will just be by the front door right whatever so that's how the audience may or may not pay to get in a lot of venues will will give you a space for free and also share the bar sales with you in the wherever the event takes place because you're bringing people in Mm -hmm. and this is such a murky subject because then there is the other kind of thing where I did I took this story to another event and it's a and it was a bigger event with a wider audience. So um, although I didn't get paid, it's good exposure. Mm-hmm. Like you get sort of paid in other ways. In a, in, mm-hmm. so, yeah, depending on what your goals are as a performer. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So should we maybe just to to uh, so we can actually talk about it. <laughs> is say what we do with our event. So we mostly host in living rooms. So it's pretty transparent. that There's no venue cost for us. Mm-hmm. And that there's also like the people whose houses are not giving us a cut of, I don't know what, like their water bill for that night. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely, it is a free exchange of space. And so we don't charge for our events pretty intentionally. In the Center for Social Innovation, we've done a couple. And so when we've done those as part of the Toronto Storytelling festival we're inviting in a lot of new people and we actually did have costs associated because we had to pay for security and there's also a space deposit and there was i think there was something else maybe the liquor license just even though there, there was no bar mm-hmm. just because to, it to was, have liquor yeah, on, yeah 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 in an event space like that so there was a cost associated so we decided to put it a donation bucket and just see what happened basically when we were hoping to recoup our costs and it, it was great i was not i was i was i was surprised where we didn't even really hand the bucket around no no neither time and we covered the costs yeah yeah and then the second time we didn't have a cost i also don't think we something strange happened the second time we didn't even mean to charge 
uh, I think people came and asked if they could pay, and we had a volunteer at the front, and he was like, oh, money, oh, shit, and then got a bucket. Yeah. Um, so if you came to the second one and, and did pay, thank you very much for attending and paying us. Yeah. Well, we weren't expecting that, uh, but it was a very fun surprise. Yeah, and also there was a lineup for people to sign up for the mailing list, so I think that people didn't know that they didn't have to sign up for the mailing list. Like a lot of strange things happened by the front that were good for us because it's great for us to have more people on the mailing list. But it was like, why is there such a backlog of people trying to get an email from us and also pay us money? Great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a really, it was an odd, uh, odd but fortuitous uh, yeah, event. Totally. So, so that's what we do. And we shouldn't maybe state all of our biases. I don't think there's anything wrong with charging for an event. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, sorry, I, I promised I'd take his back seat, but I, I throw out the one thought that I do have on this issue, uh, which is I think we're, what we're dancing around is the inherent contention between uh, paying artists, mm-hmm. which is obviously very important, mm-hmm. and when you're going out and asking people to, to, to tell personal stories, uh, you don't want their incentive to be getting paid for it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want people coming to your, come, we don't want, especially don't want people coming to just get a, get a paycheck. Uh, and I think, and most of the events that charge uh, aren't doing, aren't really soliciting. They're getting pitched, right? And I think that's, in, I think that's important to some extent. Yeah, the dynamic is different. Yeah, um, and and then I think also a lot of the people there are, are artists themselves, uh, and I think that's, you know, I we want you want artists to be supported. Yeah. Uh, but I think the the way that we run our event because of the because of the extra work that goes into it and a lot of the other stuff about it, the whole thing. I, I feel like it could get tainted if we tried to include money in almost any way. Well, it would, okay. The logistics of it would be strange to be like, come and spend like eight hours with us before the event, which is what people need to do. So come and spend like eight hours with us across two weekend workshops where we will cook food for you and like workshop, like guide you through the whole process and then perform at what is really a showcase from the workshops and then also we'll pay you. Um, yeah, I mean, if we had money, I'd like I don't object to it because people put in a lot of work. But also, like, then we would be paying people to spend time with us. Yeah, and you know, just again using all of these different experiences that I had with this story. Uh, to me, as somebody in that position, the way I, I don't know, maybe I'm justifying it or whatever, but I look at all those things that you guys were just listing that goes into. The, our event and uh, you know there's not there people there's not just monetary things uh, people there can be to me there's a there's somewhat of a, an exchange or there's a whole process that people go through and hopefully mm-hmm. it's a good one it's a positive one and people seem to enjoy it and get something out of it mm-hmm. so to me that is also that's a value as well yeah that's kind of the yeah that that is the value proposition really is like you want to be able to tell this story and perform it, and we're going to help you do that. Yeah. It's not we're going to give you a stage for it. It's that we're going to talk you through from the very beginning. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I will say again uh, with another experience with this, I really told the story everywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, is is that when I have gone to uh, an event and just felt like I'm kind of filling a space mm-hmm. and then not getting paid. Like there was almost, there's like not a whole lot to the experience. Yeah. When you just are like being shoved into a lineup kind of. Yeah. You just kind of walk away from it. Like, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a sort of bad taste in your mouth. And 
would it have made a difference if I got paid? I don't know. Maybe I would have felt it more worthwhile. But personally, in those kind of situations, I would just like to be, whether it's just more part of the event or more, you know, mm-hmm. kind of involved in some kind of way to see how I fit into the event. Yeah. And something, so when this conversation kind of first popped up for us, which is why we're talking about it now, something that I, that really strikes me is every event of course has a different kind of agenda and they're all, I mean, you invite an audience in because you want to entertain them. Like entertainment is a piece of it, but I think that there are different events have different secondary agendas or maybe primary agendas. Like I would say that from my perspective, which I'm going to assume that you both agree with wholeheartedly, like entertaining the audience isn't our primary objective. It is an objective. It is a secondary objective, but our primary objective has to do with like making a safe space for stories that we don't tell, which is why the event is called that, which is why we've invested so many resources in the workshops. And so because that's our primary agenda, like the way that people participate and the way that money factors in and the way that the space factors in is all to support that. And I think that there are other events with different agendas and some of them are, are more kind of humor oriented for sure, which we've talked about on another episode. And we know that I hate laughter. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are some of them that like their entire focus is basically like people have stories, stories are entertaining. Let's put a bunch of them together and then entertain the audience. And then it's a lot. The transaction is a lot more direct of like, we charge people tickets to come in and be entertained for a couple hours. And we find some people who already have stories prepared, who Stefan would describe as artists accurately, I think, but like, that's who they in. Like we stuff the lineup with artists and then that's it. It's it's formulaic and it, it happens to be storytellers, but it's also how a lot of other things are put together in the entertainment art sector of the world. Yeah. And I think that jumps, that, that leads into like the one thing that, the one thing that I, I think would be great is that I wish storytelling tell a storyteller was a profession here. Sto- the, the idea mm-hmm. of a storytelling profession exists around the world, but not really in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can be difficult. I think the reason why it's a difficult thing right now is that there's, since there's only eight, nine events in the city, you're finding a new audience to tell the same story to more than twice is, is not going to be effective. Yeah. Like, it's more difficult. You can find four. Right. Exactly. Uh, and people can find a couple more, but that's really all you're going to be able to do. The one time we did decide, we did briefly talk about the idea of charging was when we were looking at spaces that, you know, we could fit 40, 50 people, but we were getting 100, 120 RSVPs. And the last thing we wanted to do was be like, hey, person who was so kind to let us into your living room, here is way too many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, this is, if you have any suggestions, send them to us yeah. because it's really the best way to just know how many people are coming is how many people bought tickets. And when people buy tickets online, they don't all show up. We saw that with Datagasm, our game show, uh, which is great. Some people will give you $5 and then not show up. And that's fine because you still have that $5 and you can let somebody else in. But um, when you're looking at, yeah, trying to fit into spaces that definitely will not fit 120 people and you had 120 people at your last event, it's, I don't know. Well, and it's it was part of the discussion in terms of ticketing that we had, we had talked about is that even say when if we didn't charge but you still tried to ticket like people then don't take it as seriously they'll get a ticket and then they just won't show up like the RSVP yeah like Facebook thing, just it doesn't it it's, it's uh, unless there is money involved I think sometimes even if it's a yeah. little bit it people are a little bit more prone to say hey I can't come or here's another ticket that's open or whatever. Yeah, no. So that's that's a real 
that's a real challenge. And, and then it kind of feeds back into the other thing. Cause then when we've talked about this, when we've talked about ticketing in order to know how many people are coming, then we find ourselves in this position of like, what do we do with the money? Do we pay ourselves for our work, which is diff- it's difficult because other people are working hard too. Mm-hmm. And so it, it feeds back into the same loop of like, artists deserve to get paid. If there's money involved, we are doing work. What is the price of that work? And then do we donate it? Do we give the people who are working on it some work? Do we use it to feed them since we're feeding them anyway? So is that it instead of paying mm-hmm. them directly? But like, why are we so shy as people who are creating around putting a value on something? Mm-hmm. Which is a big, I think, which is at the heart of this question. Yeah. Which we probably uh, won't answer on this podcast. No, I, cause I was, I just heard this, it was, uh, taking it off the storytelling side of things just to be able to talk about this is that I heard this like heated debate on a, on another podcast about a comedy podcast about, uh, UCB upright citizens brigade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a comedian had sort of called them out cause nobody gets paid when they perform there in mm-hmm. New York. He was talking about the, the one in New York and he was kind of like, why not? Everybody's making money on this. The theater is, the organization is, the teachers that are there are making money, but the performers come in who are doing improv, so they're also making up the show. Yeah. And I just was kind of like, yeah, that, uh, again, you know, this is, uh, my point is, it's such an event by event basis, because in that example, I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense, because these people are coming in like five times a week and doing all of this performing. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're, again, their rationale is, well, this is UCB. So you have this. Yeah, like it's a platform. It's, it's a platform, but I, I don't know. It's, it gets... It's hard. I, I don't know. You know, you can see from both sides, but... Yeah. No, it's definitely... I, I don't... Obviously, I don't know the answer. Because for us right now, not charging is working for us. And I think the instance in which we, for our own event, would start to charge would be if as a crowd maintenance, as a crowd management thing. And then, and then donations when we do donations for other things and like for expansion and for other ventures or for if the work gets too much. What, what do you think, uh, again, not really talking about necessarily any specific events, but do you feel that the perception of, of an event changes if you, if it's a vert, like a paid event versus a not paid event or they, they, you know, some events of, you know, whether they start charging or they don't or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think it does. I, it also probably still depends on the venue, Mm. like a free event in a place that I know also has ticketed events. I'd be like, why is this like, what does it mean that this event is free or that this event is not free? I guess because, because we're not doing, because we've chosen not to do an event in a bar. Mm -hmm. My perception is so skewed, but yeah, like free events and bars, you're kind of like, whatever. And also I think people have a lot of respect for them sometimes in terms of talking over things and whatever depends on the venue again, Mm -hmm. because some of these events are in the main space of a bar and some of them are in like a theater space in a bar. But if it's in the main space in a bar and it's free, it's like, I don't, I don't actually, I'm just at this bar. That's Mm -hmm. what's happening. But if I paid for it, maybe I'll have a little bit more. Well, and there's the, you know, there's also the, the uh, argument that I have had with people and in my sort of other professional life is that if you don't, some people's perception of, of money is, is also really skewed and they think, well, if something is free, then it's not 
That's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's no. true. I'm not saying I believe that. And I'm not saying anybody has said that about no, uh, stories that's we don't totally tell. Out there. But it, that's a thing out there too. But that's something that you, I feel like I, when you're involved in creating anything, that's something that you learn very quickly is that the money piece is really arbitrary. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually tell you anything about the work that went into it or the quality of the work. Like they're not related. Mm-hmm. They're really not. I mean, you can find out what the market will bear by lifting your prices if you want, but that is related to the market. It's not related to the work. And I think that that market piece is important, though, because I think I think once you start charging, then marketing becomes a completely different thing. Uh, because one thing that we've realized is that we don't we don't market our event because we don't feel like we, we we don't necessarily feel safe to because we don't know how many people the yeah. space can hold right and whereas if you're taking an event and you can and there's a possibility of selling out then selling out is the obvious solution and then you market then, then marketing becomes a becomes a very very easy task or yeah. at least a very obvious task yeah you, you market it that's it. it you're done whereas for us it's much more about balance like it's 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 a very different thing it's like um, trying to get people to like it enough that they want to come back and it's on a Saturday night. That's the difference also, I think. About, so most of these events are not, are during the week. And so you're charging people to come, but we're like asking people for a very valuable piece of their time, even though we're not asking them for money. And that's kind of what they're paying us with. Yeah, there's, yeah. I, I was, when Paul's question about whether or not money changes the perception, and I was thinking about the events I know that do charge and the events that, that or, or the, the way that works. And I, and I almost feel like, I think it would for some people. I think it, I think for first timers it would change. I think for the first time you show up, if it's like oh it's ten dollars, then you're like that's money. I expect and, ten dollars worth of entertainment. Exactly, yeah. Which and is still half a movie. No, exactly. So, so that's the thing about it, right? Is that is that is that I think if there's a if but if people have different of, people have different thresholds about what costing money is. Yeah, totally. for a lot of people, ten dollars is the same as free, and therefore they won't think about it. For other people, ten dollars is a lot of money, and they will think about it. Yeah. In the same way that so I don't think you know five or I don't know how low you'd go before you're just wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Uh, like I think two dollars is the waste everyone's time amount of money. Um, but I don't like, I think, so I think it could change for some people, but I think until you get to the higher prices, like 20 or $30, you're not really going to going mm-hmm. to change people's opinion of it. Yeah. So, uh, to wrap things up, do you think that we have made the, the water any clearer or is it still murky? I think it's still murky and we didn't even talk about subscription models. Like we didn't even talk about Patreon which was a game changer for the very questions that we're talking about right now mm-hmm. in terms of allowing equal access to um, people who want to appreciate your art while also trying to generate income from said art. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, game changer-ish, because there are a lot of people making not a lot of money on Patreon, but it's the first thing that's provided an alternative, I think, like an accessible alternative. And what's interesting is I don't know of a single of, uh, of event, like a story right. event that works on Patreon, but it's an interesting concept and model. Yeah, for, yeah. So, I mean, it's not something that we've talked about, I don't think. Maybe we've talked about it as a thing like, Patreon exists, let's discuss it. But I don't think it's a thing that we've talked about launching. But anyway, like, it's the, I think, the first thing that kind of skirts around this. Well, if we don't want to charge people a one-to-one entry fee, but there is a financial element involved, or we want to pay artists, or whatever, whatever, like, there are starting to be other options, and I think... We're looking for more. Mm-hmm. So it's still murky to me. I don't know.
You can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life collecting business. You can like us at facebook.com slash stories we don't tell podcast. If you want to help us out, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks to Rayana for the theme music to this podcast. You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca. This Stories You Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Paul's Playlist. It's mostly Pink Floyd. I've been listening to a lot of Pink Floyd lately. Money, 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 money. Money. It's not the song. <laughs> money.